Amen, brothers and sisters. Praise God for your attendance. Praise God for your attendance. Praise God for my attendance. Thank God that I made it, right? God is good. You know, we take things for granted, but, you know, we drive. We've been driving now for 10, 11 years down every Sunday uh, for church, and I've never been in a car accident. Praise God for that. Take those things for granted. You know, we uh, traveling over here last, it was last Sunday, I think, and uh, I think it was raining or the weather was pretty bad. And right there on the turnaround, right, we're about to turn around to get onto 35. Uh, I guess I hit a puddle and uh, I wasn't going to that pass on the turnaround, but the whole truck just, and I'm doing this number and everybody's doing this number. And uh, by the grace of God, I regained control and it just kept coming. And, uh, you know, it's one of those moments where you, you take some time to reflect, I guess, a little bit. And you say, wow, God, you, you were in control. We could have easily been in the guardrail or hit the bridge or something of that sort. If we want to, so like some of us here, we go like to the extremes, could have flipped over, could have rolled over 10 times and caught on fire and, you know, ran out on fire and then a car hit me and run over me, you know, something like that. I'm not that type of person, but some of us are, right? Praise God that we're here, brothers and sisters. Praise God for the presence of God, you know, in the service today. Um, I don't know about you, but I felt his presence. I felt the Holy Spirit. And not that I don't every time we're here, but today it was something special. And God knows all things. Okay, so as you can see, I have my guide tucked away under my Bible over here. So that means you can take your guide and don't don't pitch it too far, okay? But just just put it next to you. We're not going to use the guide today because uh, Monday or Tuesday, God says, you're not going to bring the message the guide this Sunday. And I said, okay, cool. What do you have for me? And he says, I'll tell you later. And uh, all week I'm bouncing back and forth. All week I'm, God, give me something. Give me a message. Give me something that's going to make sense. Then last night he gives me this message. The title I have for today is Midnight Praise. I want you just, just think about what just happened today. And then if it's not God, I don't know who it is. Midnight praise. We're going to talk a little bit about what midnight praise is. Who can tell me what midnight praise is? Is How many of you is the first time you hear the term midnight praise? Raise your hand. Midnight praise. A few of you. God gave it to me last night, so I don't know if anyone else has used it before. We're going to talk a little bit about midnight praise, and and, and to kind of cut that in half, who can tell me what midnight means, or what, what is midnight? The middle of the night. What time is the middle of the night? What's, what's important about the middle of the night? What's the significance? It's the start of the new day, okay? The end of another one, okay? But, I mean, that's true. Everything's quiet, okay? We're, we're missing something. You're asleep? Why are you asleep? Because it's night, it's dark. But midnight takes it a little step further. Midnight is dark. The night is dark. But can you tell me what midnight is? Think about it. It's science. Use science. Use your brain. It's the darkest time of the night. Scientifically, midnight is the darkest. Everybody say it with me. Midnight is the darkest time of the night. Okay, so what is midnight? Midnight praise. Midnight is the darkest time. It's the moment on this earth 
when the sun is exactly 180 degrees opposite of where you're at. What is the sun? Light. So it means that midnight is a very moment in your life and in my life where the light is the furthest away from us. It can't get any further than midnight. It can't get any darker than midnight. Today we're talking about midnight praise. What is it to praise, brother and sister? You and God what? That's one. You and God is one. That's praise? Come on. What's praise? When you're connected to God? Come on. Dig deeper. What? You talk to God? What did you say, Brother Adam? Okay, yeah. Lifting God up? Okay. What is praise? Lifting God up? You give him the authority? You exalt him? That's what praise is. Brother Ben? A form of surrender? Okay. But we have something called worship too, right? So worship, it could be a form of surrender. There's, there's, there's a difference between worship and praise. We have to understand how we use the terms, how we use the words. What is praise? We were, we were getting closer. We were getting everybody to start exalting God, giving God his place. Yes, giving honor, giving glory to God because worship is different. Worship is you, you, you go and you put yourself and you surrender yourself to God. That's true. But midnight praise, we have to understand what praise means. And you knew what I was going to do. I, I looked at the definition for the word praise. This is not a, a, a Bible definition. You know, this is not a Bible dictionary. This is what you're going to get straight out of, out of the dictionary. It says praise could be both a verb and a noun, but it's to express one's respect and gratitude toward. Or as a noun, the expression of respect, okay, and gratitude. So praise is what? An action of, in this case it says respect, but, but more importantly, of gratitude. See, technically we can worship and not be thankful, but you can't praise and not be thankful. It's important. It's important to understand that. Midnight praise, the darkest hour, praising at the darkest hour. I want you, real quick, just don't forget that. Don't get bored on me because I'm not as boring as your Sunday school teachers, kids. No one said anything. Okay. Real quickly, Acts chapter 16. We're going to read in Acts chapter 16. Maddie, don't look so bored over there. Acts chapter 16, and we're going to read from verse 22 uh, through 31. I know you've heard the story. Everybody have it? Praise God. It says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into where? Prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them very carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell, the very center cell of the jail, and he fastened their feet in the stocks so that they couldn't move. About midnight, okay, you highlight anything, highlight this verse. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. 
In your Bible, it may say that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. What were they doing? Singing and pray, praying and singing praises to God. And other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, I love God in his suddenly. There was a such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains, whose chains came loose? Everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. The story of Paul and Silas. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. But the gist of it is that Paul and Silas had come into this town. And the Bible tells us that they encountered a young woman who was a fortune teller. And the Bible tells us that this young woman had owners. So she was a slave to somebody. And these owners would profit off of her being able to fortune tell. The Bible tells us that as Paul and Silas came in, and they're walking along with Luke, I believe, that the woman started to follow them. And started to, to proclaim out loud that these people were here, these two men were here to bring salvation, basically. And I'm paraphrasing. To others. The Bible teaches us and tells us that Paul and Silas continue to walk and day after day this woman followed them and kept repeating this. So much so that one day Paul got tired. He was fed up. Imagine someone following you and just nagging and nagging and nagging and nagging and that the Bible tells us that he turned around he pointed at this woman and he rebuked the spirit that was in her and he cast it out and that instantly this woman was, was, was saved from that spirit that overtook her. Well, the Bible teaches us that when the owners found out that no longer could they profit off of their slave or their woman, they were in anger. They got upset. So they called upon all the people that they could get together and they came and they falsely accused these individuals, these Jews, right? And that's kind of important if you read the, the Bible, even though they weren't Jews. These Jews and had them thrown into prison. But before they were thrown into prison, the Bible very clearly tells us that they were what? They were stripped and they were beaten. So it wasn't enough that he was going to have them incarcerated. Instead, he had to give them a couple good ones so that they knew better than to do what they did. And the Bible tells us there that they are thrown and they are handed over to a, a jailer or a prison guard. And they tell the prison guard, watch over him. Watch over them very clearly. So he takes them to the, to the most difficult cell to get out of. He takes them to, to uh, what's the word, maximum security. Maybe to the, the hole as they call it, right? We're going we're gonna to segregate you and put you in the deepest parts of the prison. Where the light barely shines through, if at all. See, we must remember something, right? We must remember that the prisons of then aren't the prisons of today. With all due respect to anybody who's been in jail here, y'all really still had it made in there compared to what they had to deal with back in the day. 
Don't think of it as what we see now, running water. Inhumane was a norm back then. How about that? And to be put in the center cell, and then to go even a step further, and to put their feet in the stocks. In other words, they, you know those 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 wood clamps that you put over you stick your in, that you see maybe in some cartoons nowadays, where your feet or the head or the hands are in there. Their feet were put in there and fastened in there so that not only were they in the center of the cell, but they were in the center of the room, tied up to the point where they could not move. And it's very feasible to say that the, the light, even during the day, did not penetrate those walls. And it's e very easy for you and I to, to come to the conclusion that, that even when it was daylight outside, it was probably dark inside. And more so, the Bible tells us, the very, very next verse after that, the Bible tells us that about midnight, where we all agree just now scientifically that it's the darkest time of the day. About midnight, Paul and Silas begin to do something. Mind you that they had been beaten. To use the words there, flocked already. Who knows the state that they were in and how they were feeling emotionally and physically. Now we come here today and by God, God is so good that he already allowed us to reach that point of praise. But we come here broken. We come here beaten sometimes. We come here at the darkest moments of our lives. Maybe you this morning, maybe you today find yourself in the very middle cell. And it's not bad enough that you feel in prison. It's even worse that, that the enemy has taken and he is fastening your feet so that you don't even feel like you can move. It's like walking out into a brand new concrete that's been poured, standing there long enough for it to dry. Maybe that's what you're feeling in your life. You see, and the answer we always get is that it's about prayer. It's about searching for God. But this story teaches us something completely different. This story teaches us that prayer is important because prayer opens a line of communication. But you know what set Paul and Silas free? That they prayed and then they started to praise. And when you begin to praise, brothers and sisters, whatever circumstance that you find yourself in, God answers. That the darkest place of your life, midnight, where there's no hope in sight, instead of you and I crying, instead of Paul and Silas getting down and saying, what are we going to do now? They chose to give thanks to God. Because what does praise mean? An expression of gratitude. Oh, but it's easy for me to praise God when things are going well in my life. It's easy for me to pray and to praise God when things are going well in my life. When I have the things that I feel make me happy, I can pray all day and I can praise all night. But when the trials come along, when the tribulation comes along, when you no longer can see because it's pitch dark in your life, and you don't understand perhaps why you find yourself where you find yourself, but the fact is that you're there, then it becomes a little harder to pray and most of us can manage that. But you know what we struggle is to raise our hands and tell God, thank you. Thank you for what, Pastor Tim? 
How about the fact that you're still alive? How about the fact that you still breathe? How about the fact that you still have your family and friends, brothers and sisters that love you? So you lost one, but you gained many more. So you fell short, someone's been there to pick you up. Paul and Silas, it says very clearly right here. 26, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison shook. I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about, they're not going out there with the prayer, Father God, if it's your will, right? We always say, if it's your will, free me from these prisons. Free me from these chains, the chains around my legs. Get us out of here somehow, God. It says they praise, they prayed, and then they praise God by singing. Listen, I've never, it's very weird when you encounter someone who's sad or mad and they're singing. When do you normally sing? When? When you're happy. So if you don't sing while you're in the shower, that tells me you're not happy that you're taking a bath. We sing when we're what? When we're happy. When we're feeling good. When we don't have a care in the world. Unless you like the blues. And then you're always down. It says they began to sing. Paul and Silas understood that, look, I don't know why we're here. I know we're not here because we're supposed to be here. You know, how many times in your life have you gone through something and said, I know I'm not supposed to be here? How many times have you been able to acknowledge that, you know what? God's going to get me out of this. Because this is not from God. I know I'm serving the Lord. I know I'm praying. I know I'm reading my Bible. This is just an attack from the enemy. You know what? I'm not even going to fret. I'm not even going to, that means worry, okay? I'm not even going to worry. I'm not even going to be concerned about it. I'm not going to break my head over it. I'm not going to lay hands on one another. I'm not going to go all crazy and speak in tongues and say, I'm just going to sing. Midnight praise. The darkest time of your life, are we able to raise our hands and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for being God. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for having to come and spend the time to get to know me. Thank you. Thank you because there's still oxygen in this cell. Thank you because I can still breathe. Thank you because even though they hit me 50 times, it could have been 100. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And it says that when Paul and Silas got to that point of praise in their their moment of agony, if you will, or what we would consider a difficult situation, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were what? Shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Listen to this. When you and I have the ability through our circumstances, when the world says, man, even I feel bad for them. And you can raise your hand and you can praise God and you can continue to serve the Lord and you can hold your head up high knowing that your God got you. People start to pay attention. People start to take notice. See, because the truth is, is that there's people out there that are just waiting for you to have it a little hard. There's people out there that are just waiting for us to have it just a little difficult because they want to see our reactions. 
sometimes we become those Christians that we start going through things and we think we're being strong because, oh, I'm just praying. I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. That's all you're praying, but you're not praising, and there's a difference. Because you walk through the doors and all you do is you come throw yourself here and cry and cry and cry because you're praying. Instead of coming here, standing tall, raising your hands and say, Lord, I give you all the honor, glory, and praise. Because you got me. That's the difference. I'm just going to tell you right. That's the difference. Those are the levels of maturity that we have to reach. Otherwise, you're going to be in the same dark dungeon at midnight praying all the time. That's the difference. The difference is not that someone is more special than you or somebody is stronger than you or more capable. The difference is someone knows that it requires praise and worship all the time. That's the difference. I'm going to raise my hand no matter what. Brother Sergio, who's listening on, on Skype, we're watching on Skype, he reminded me, and I had heard it once, he told me, he says, this, he heard the story of someone said that, you know, the, the, the little kid, something to the sort of, is they were sitting at the table or something like that, and the dad kept telling him, sit down, and he'd get up, and sit down, he'd get up, sit down, get up, sit down, he'd get up. And finally, the, the, the father got so upset that he sat him down, and he ties him up to the chair, and the kid can't get up, and he tells his dad, inside, I'm still standing up. Inside, I'm still standing up. That's how we should be with the things of the Lord. You may take everything from me, Satan, but inside I'm still praising and worshiping God. You can take my house, you can take my child, you can take my wife, you can take my husband, you can take my dog. Some of us care more about our dogs. I had to throw that in there. You can take my job. You can take my right arm. You can take my left leg. You can take my right pinky. You can take it all. But inside, I still praise God. And when you praise God, people pay attention. And when you praise God, the other prisoners that don't even realize that they're in prison or have come to the point in their life where they say, this darkness, this is our norm now. How many of us walk amongst those type of people? The hurt, the anger, the pain, the frustration, the arguments, all the circumstances, the debt, everything that I have is normal. That's life. And we're comfortable here. But yet you come in, you're thrown into the circumstance, and you're praising God. Then they start to pay attention. Because it's not about being perfect or finding yourself in a perfect situation, brother and sister. Don't wait for, for moments in your life to be exalted. Don't wait to have everything situated, the great jobs, the great career and all that, then to preach the gospel of Christ. Because that's not the, the, the opportune time. That's not where God wants you to be because that seems unattainable. But when you're first starting and when you're first struggling and you can raise your hand and you can tell your brother and you can tell your sister, come with me to church because even though I'm going through this, God is still good. Then you start making the difference. And the foundation, the very foundation of the circumstance and the situation shakes because God's presence now is there with you. See, because prayer opens a communication with God. Hey, God, you there? Yes, I praise you. Really? What happens when someone tells you good job? What happens? Woo! What happens when someone pats you on the back? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, that feels good. That feels good. That feels good. 
I hate to use it, but like when you scratch a dog, it's like, <laughs> it's uncontrollable. Ooh, yes, 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 keep going. When we praise God, that's what God goes, yes, 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 give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. I'm motivated now. I'm motivated. You're motivating me. What do you need? What do you want? Where are you at? Let me find you. Let's go. Let's do it. The very foundation of your circumstance begins to tremble. The prison walls begin to shake. And all the chains that have been put on you because of the circumstance. Why? Because we know how to praise God. Because we know how to praise God no matter what. How do you do it? I love the Lord. How do you do it? Because God is good. Brothers and sisters, what else do we need to know except that God is good all the time? And the prison doors flew open. Pink. And everyone's chains came loose. That's how the church grows. That's how your family is saved. Use the opportunities of darkness. Use the opportunities of midnight in your life. Don't shut down. Don't close up. Don't close shop. Open the doors. Vocalize. Hey, the doctor told me my daughter is sick. My, the doctor said my mom's not going to survive another week, but I will raise my hands and continue to praise God because I know that God is good. I, 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 Brother T.D. Jake said something one time in one of his, his things, and I loved it, and it stuck with me. He says, look, he says, God is not a God that believes in debt. God does not like to be in debt to anyone. He doesn't like us to have debt. So he says, when we learn to praise God for something that God hasn't done, God pays his bills. And it stuck with me. When we raise and praise God, thank you, Lord, for what you already did, and it hasn't happened, then God says, well, I got to pay it out. You're thanking me for something I haven't done. Let me take care of my debt because I'm not going to be in debt to you. Praise, brothers and sisters. Instead of, oh, life is so hard right now. I know God is good, but I mean, it could be better right now. Or mad. Or blaming everybody else. Paul and Silas could have sat there and, and been in there, oh, I can't even move. And it's all, what's his name's fault? He should have stood in and said something. Or the, Ah, that dumb lady that I prayed for. Yeah. Oh, that dumb lady that I prayed for. I shouldn't have prayed for her. I should have left the demon in her. I wouldn't find myself. It's because I did something good. That's what I get for doing something good. Yeah, don't act. It's because I went to church today. That's why I went to church. That's why I don't go to church. You see, that's why I told you we shouldn't go to church. Instead of, man, God, you're so good. It's hard to get it out. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy to get it out. It's not easy to praise, raise your hands and praise God when, when you got the worst news in a long time. That's not easy. No one likes to be in jail. No one likes to be in prison. Everybody wants to be out now. So it's difficult. But when I can say it, when I can open my mouth and say it, I, you're still good. And I still trust in you. 
I wrote here in one of my notes, we think prayer is meant for bad times and praise for good times. But actually, it's the opposite. Prayer is, is, is necessary both in bad and good times, and so is praise. Let's be honest, and I want, I want you to raise your hand because I want you to be honest. How many of us pray more for something we need or a bad situation or circumstance? Or when we're sick. Raise your hand. Thank you for being honest. For those of you who are honest. Good. I raised my hand. I really raised my hand. I wasn't just raising it with you. When we think bad, we think prayer. We think difficult, we think prayer. When things are good, we think praise. I've seen some of you. I might have called you out by name, but you come with a new car, and then you dance for the first time ever here. Whoa. And, and we're over here, and I'm like, man, the spirit really moved. Then I go out, and they're standing by their new car. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Or after, after income tax return? Now everybody's going to be all nervous. Roughly February. Just watch how the church changes. You think I'm kidding? You think I'm playing? Just watch. Everybody's giving... Everybody's happy and joyful. Why? It's easy to raise our hands when things are good. You know how I know, love, brothers and sisters, because we come up here and I always say, and God is man, the spirit, like this morning, it's trying, it's trying, it's trying and trying. And the worse things you're going through, the harder it is for you to raise your hands. The, the, the more life is difficult, the harder you find it to. We do like these half ones. like Raise your hands higher, brother and sister. It's the same height. You just feel like your hands higher. They understood the importance. We think prayer is meant for bad times and praise for good times, but in reality, prayer and praise are meant for all times. God deserves his praise all the time. God expects, I'll say that again, God expects his praise all the time. And when you do it, you stir his heart. I've always used, I don't even know where I got that term. I know I got it from somewhere. That his heart is stirred and motivated. I don't know if you've ever felt like that. I don't know. Maybe when you first fell in love, all the sisters say amen. You know? When you first fell in love, or, whoa. <laughs> I know no amen from mom. Sorry, dad. You know, it's that, that's why, men, that's why we act all clumsy when we're in love. We get it all mixed up. We can be all cool and stuff before we fall. And then we fall in love and we're clumsy. Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, like that, brother. I mean, thank for my brother and my sister have been joining us all the way from San Antonio. Amen. And God says, yes, 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 yes. I think that's what God says when he responds. And in my head, that's what he says. 
Lord God, if it's your will, yes, 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 yes. Keep praising. No, don't, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. Just, just keep praising me. No, 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 no. I don't want to, I already know. I already know your heart. I already know your thoughts. I already know what you're feeling. Just keep praising me. 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 Come on, come on, come on. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Ah, that feels good. That feels good. That feels good. That feels good. Because he already knows our circumstance. He already knows the situation. Paul and Silas didn't have to tell him, Lord, we're here. It's midnight. We're in jail. How great is our God. I don't know if it was there that long. I don't know. Sing with, sing with me, Silas. Okay. Dale, Paul. Dale, Lord. Hazme segunda. Do second, do second. Let me hear you do second. How great is our God. And all will see. Well, I don't see anyone silence. We're neither Paul, we're more. How great, how great is our God. Ooh. And God says, let me, let me see. There they are. Uh-uh, that's not where you belong. And people started to listen. People started to pay attention. The walls shook. The foundation shook. The door popped right open. The chains fell off. And then what? The jailer woke up. What? What? Ah. And he took that moment. How am I going to explain this? How am I going to? But what happened? About right before he was about to kill himself. Verse 28. Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all right here. You see, you and I, brothers and sisters, if God would have done that, we would have been running for the door. I'm free. See you later. But you see, they were they were they weren't worried. They weren't worried about where they were. Like, okay, cool, God, thanks. I can't leave. I got people to minister to here. There's work to be done, God. I didn't ask you to let me go. See, when we're in those circumstances, we, all we want to do is get out. I want to get out of this. That's why we can't associate. We, we, we don't understand what people are going. We forget. We see someone, we forget. Because we don't want to be in their place. We look down upon them because you're in prison and I'm free. On Silas. Hey, dude, put that sword down. We're right here. We care about you. We love you. I don't know who you are, but you know what? God has a plan and a purpose for you. And, and perhaps God allowed me and, and Silas, you know, to, to end up here just for you. But what you've seen here is a miracle from God. And I realize that you're bowing at my feet because you know we serve the great God. But I'm here to tell you, All you have to do is believe. And you can have exactly what we got. See, in your circumstance, I just told Daisy this this morning, Sister Daisy. I always tell her this. Don't be ashamed of your testimony. And don't shut up about it. Speak it out loud. See, the the, the problem is a lot of us don't speak it because we're still stuck in it. We, we don't speak it because we're still having issues with it. We, we, we don't talk about it because we truly haven't forgiven all the people that need to be forgiven. See, but the truth is, is that there's nothing to be ashamed about. The truth is, is that that's where we were and this is who we are now. 
That's what God took and transformed into what they see now. So I once was lost, but now I'm found. I've been there with you. I've been in the trenches. I've been in those stuck in those ruts. But God saved me. But God helped me. And he can do the same for you. See, we, we want to save ourselves. We want to go into battle. We want to be victorious. But then we want to run and leave everybody behind. Hey, each man to their own. Right? What's the saying about the bear and the two friends? How does it go? Be, be faster than, than your friend. That's the saying, right? Say it again. You don't have to be the fastest runner. You just got to be faster than your friend. If you're being chased by a bear. And that sounds harsh. But some people, some Christians, that's how we think. Satan's coming. I don't have to be the most holy one, just a little holier than that one. They stayed, brothers and sisters. They weren't afraid. Look, what I'm trying to get to is that they weren't afraid of where they found themselves. Darkness did not scare them. Midnight did not scare them. The darkest hour of the night did not scare them. The prison walls did not scare them. The rats and the cockroaches did not scare them, brothers and sisters. The shackles did not scare them. Not knowing what tomorrow brought did not scare them. I serve a great God. I have nothing to be afraid. The Lord is my rock and my what? Of whom shall I? Who should you be afraid of? Altogether, who should you be afraid of? The devil? The devil ain't got nothing on our God. The devil is a footstool to our God. The Bible says that the earth is his footstool, and where did he cast Satan to? So when, when God sits on his throne and he goes to cross his legs and put it on something, bing! They're Satan. Oh, God. The enemy has nothing on our God. Don't you ever forget that. So we live our lives, and do we have the ability to praise God, to worship God? to lift our hands and say, thank you, God, all the time. And if not, that's why we're struggling. Is that clock right? Real quickly, I'll just put it up there. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Listen to that. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. What does it mean? It's telling us very clearly. It's not always easy. you got to sacrifice. It's not always easy to say thank you. Sometimes I've heard people say it should be easy, and I understand what they're trying to say, but the truth is sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes you're going through things in life, and it's like, man, Lord, I want to thank you, but I just don't know for what. And maybe it passes you for that moment. But it says here, to bring a, a offer to God a sacrifice of praise. And then listen to this. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. Praise is fruit of our lips. 
for those of us who confess, we know Jesus Christ. We know what happened to the tree that did not produce its fruit when Jesus walked by. What did he do? He cursed it. Walked on, came back. It says that praise is the fruit of our lips. When I say I confess and I say I know, when I tell people, when I tell you I know Jesus Christ, then out of my lips should come praise. That's the fruit. That's how you know that it's legit. That's how you know that it's real in my life. And not just when things are going swell, to use the word swell, but also when things are going bad. You know, today, God is so good because he, I think he's just, this word is just meant to reiterate what happened today. To, 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 to establish or to back up what happened today. We praised. We, pra- we hadn't praised like this. How long had it been? Really, we're the whole church. Right? Not a coincidence. And then the word of the God says, midnight praise. I want you, every time we're going through the darkest moment of your life, think about this message. Think about midnight praise. Am I able and capable of praising God at the darkest time of my life? The darkest hour. And when you get there, the foundations of those circumstances are going to change. So if you've tried everything, you say, brother, I've tried everything. I've I've read my Bible. I've tried praying. I've talked to the pastor. You know, God is saying, praise me. And then see the results. I'm going to ask you to stand with this. I know, I know we already did it, so I don't want to take too much time. I really don't. I just want everybody to bow their heads. And I just want you to thank God in your own words. Right now. I just want you to praise God. Just praise God for being a good God. And regardless of where we find ourselves, we're able to really raise our hands and just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father. You are worthy of this this worship. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy of this praise. My life today may not have been much better than yesterday, Lord, but I honor and I glorify you. That you deserve all the glory. You deserve all the honor, Lord. You deserve all the thanksgiving. For the little I have, it's more than nothing. For the nothing I have, it's more than not being here at all. We're not being able to have. Father God, I worship you, Lord. We sing praise to your name. We want your heart to be stirred at this very moment, the emotion to build up right there as you sit on your throne and the angels and the legions of angels surround you and they praise and worship you. I want my praise to penetrate even their voices, Lord. That even as the angels call out your name over and over and over again and say, worthy is the Lamb, that my praise penetrate and it reach your ears this morning, Father God. That your heart may be stirred. That you may be motivated, Lord, to love me even more. To give me even more, Lord. To provide even more. That the very foundations of the circumstances we find ourselves in, Father God, that you shake them. That the chains and the strings that are still attached to the old me, Father God, you break them through my praise and through my worship to you, Lord. In my darkest hour, Lord God, you are the light. When it feels like you're the furthest away, Lord, you are there. And I thank you and I give you praise 
honor, glory to the one and only true king, Jesus Christ, who died on that cross for you. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. God bless your brothers and sisters. Brother Fred.